Welcome, babes, to the Many Women Podcast, a place where we connect on the journey of loving the many women we have been, currently are, and one day hope to be. I'm Krina. And I'm Allie. And on today's episode, Krina and I are going to chat all about waiting and trusting the timing of our life while we wait for the things that we desperately want and desire. But first, let's have a little life update. So Krina, you got any life updates? You know, um, there are some updates happening. We've been having so much fun at school. Like, I don't want to act like we're like the talk of the town, but we really kind of are the talk of the town. I've had some um, former students come back <laughs> and be like, did we do that last year? Or like, why didn't we get to? I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't know what it is. Every about year's this year. different. Every yeah. year's different. We um, have kind of a theme in our classroom. We've done it for two years now. And the theme is, like, we are a class family. And we really, like, hit that hard. Very hard. We talk about being a family all the time. And by the end of it, like, the kids the kids talk about it like all, like yeah this is my class family like I'm with my class family they're like it's just part of their vocabulary and it's so cute one of the kids <laughs> said are you two brothers two of my little students and they're like no no we're not brothers we're cousins and they're like wait yeah we're brothers we're brothers <laughs> like yeah we're all family here yeah so we um we had our yes day last friday which despite not teaching one lesson I don't think I've ever been more tired. It was exhausting. It was really hot too that day. Yes. It was so hot. But like, oh my God, I was so tired, but it was so fun. They they were thanking us and making us little cards and hugging us all day. We just, and we kept asking the students, why are we doing this? Because we want them to know like, we're doing it because we love you. We love our students. So we're super dedicated to like making every Friday super fun for the kids. Um, we started a little early today and we took the kids on a virtual field trip to Disneyland. Um, and no matter virtual, how, it's imaginary. Yeah, we were very clear, but both of us like had kids like look at us like, wait, we're going to Disneyland? And I'm like, it's pretend. <laughs> like, no, we're not going to Disneyland. We um, went on Splash Mountain. We did a POV um, Splash Mountain. <laughs> And Green and I had spray bottles, and we were spraying the kids. That's just kind of harder than I thought it was <laughs> to like run around so fast spraying all of them. They they thought it was very funny though. They did think it was funny. I also had my <laughs> boss come in in the middle of me spraying all yeah. my kids <laughs> with like a tour, like a family tour. Yeah. Uh, whatever. I sprayed like, them all. Yeah. Because so I was like, if you're in here, you got to you're in Disneyland now, there so you go. enjoy. They probably thought that was actually really cool. No. Um. So it is hot. It's way too hot to be teaching in a classroom, so you have kind of changed a little, little style in your I have. So it has been so hot. My hair gets so frizzy when it's hot because my hair is naturally curly. And I have super thin and fine hair, and so I've never really known how to, like, style my curls. But I am starting to adopt, like, a curly girl type of a method. So if there are any... Curly girls out there who want to give me some guidance on what kind of products they use or if there's anyone they're following on TikTok or Instagram who really helps them understand how to style and take care of their curly hair, hit me up because I want to know. <laughs> All right, it's time to dive into this topic. So 
This topic was largely inspired by our conversation from last week where we spoke about, okay, if it's going to take you 10 times as long as you thought it should or want it to, is it still worth it? So that just kind of led Karina and I kind of down a path of talking about the things that we've been waiting for and how challenging it is to wait patiently for what you want when it's not fully in your control. So we're just going to kind of dive into that today. And we both have such different perspectives about this and the different women that we are. So Karina, why don't you get us started? I know you that your culture kind of plays into the timing of your life too. Yeah, you know, when you're talking about like waiting 10 times as long, I think it's interesting because society right now is like we want it right now like it's hard to wait yeah and the waiting period is full of all these emotions like sadness and loneliness and grief and you know there's just so many like things that fit into that waiting time um but talking about kind of like my past and how I was raised I have very Romanian um roots so my mom raised me she's a single mom and she you know is part of a culture where you get married I'm part of a culture where you get married when you're like 19 20 18 like literally 18 year olds um it's just part of the Romanian culture you get married you don't move out like of your parents house for college or anything like that so Personally, I think a lot of people in the Romanian culture just want to, like, get out from their parents' house. So they want to, like, live more freely or whatever. So the only way to do that is to get married. Ooh. Yeah, you can't really. Like, the fact that I moved out for college and lived on campus was, like, shocking to the majority of my family and the Romanian community that know me. Um, It's just not normal. So, yeah, you get married at 19. You are married for maybe a year, but then you're pregnant and you have babies. And some women work, some, but most don't. They stay home or they um, have, like, adult foster care, which is what a lot of Romanians do. And I feel like I kind of talked to you about this earlier. It's, like, one part of me and, like, my child part or my subconscious is like I am so behind like I'm 28 and I don't even have like a serious boyfriend right now well as a 28 year old if you said like 10 years ago people your people your age were getting married a lot of those people are like established with a a family now yeah I mean my sister-in-law is 30 so she's two years older than me or well 31 she just turned 31 and she's been married to my brother for 10 years she wasn't even 21 when she went on her honeymoon. Wow. So it's like she's been married for 10 years and has two children and it's my nephew's seventh birthday today. Oh. So when I look at it like that, I'm like, oh my God, I am so behind. Like, I am a loser here, you know, because that's just how I was raised. Like, there's, you know, all of us have like our upbringing and our cultures and Things are different. And even though I know, like, I wouldn't have wanted to marry the person I was with 10 years ago, I know that now, it's still, like, you kind of go back to that mindset because it's just part ingrained in who you are. Versus the other side of me, the life I have now with all my friends and 
you know, people who are my chosen family, they're like, oh, you have so much time. You're 28. Like, you have all the time in the world. Well, you know, which I don't. But it's just polar opposites. It's interesting that just because you have two different parts of your culture that you're like living with those two ideas. And neither of them really seem just right for you. Right. So I'm like, oh my God, shit. Am I like super behind? Or am I like, have some fun in my 20s? Like I can keep having a little bit of fun. You know, it's, it's hard because it's like, I want some, I want a relationship. I want a family. I want kids. I wish I could have have had it already, but also I don't want to rush it and just settle. Do you do all that backwards planning too, where you're like, well, I'd like to oh, yes. be married for this yes. long and I'd like yes. to be with someone for this long before we got engaged or married and I'd like to live with a, live with this person. Or yes. Isn't that, like, that's so hard because it's like you're spending up your life yeah. already. If I could give anyone advice, it would be just don't do that. Yeah. Because if when I do that, it's like, if, you know, I've thought, like, if I meet my soulmate tomorrow, which is like, let's be honest, like, maybe it could happen, but... Yeah, and then I start adding years, like, I want to date for a year, and I want to be engaged for a while, and then I want to be married for two years, and then and then I want to try and get pregnant, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, like, that puts me at, like, 10 years from now having my first baby, which we obviously know it's not that easy for women. Yeah. So, don't do that. Yeah. Don't, I, don't I, do that. I will say, as someone who is struggling with secondary infertility... I also, I live nine months in the future constantly. Mm-hmm. I am always like, okay, what, what is nine months in the future? How old will my child, my, my daughter be right. nine months in the future? Right. You know, it's, it's hard to live like that. And even, um, you know, with my cycles of trying, it's like, okay, I'm on a two, I'm mm-hmm. living these two weeks yeah. and then these two weeks and then this four weeks. Yeah. It's a hard way to live life. It's a, yeah. It's a slippery, slippery slope. I mean, you know, we are planners. We're super organized. And you and Ryan are planners. You have, like, all of your goals for the next five weeks, ten weeks, and all that. But when you zoom out and look at it like that, it's like, really, timing is not in our control. Yeah. So it's it's kind of a silly game to play. Cause it, we're not in control of it anyway. Um, so we've kind of talked about, like, what waiting feels like. Um for me, especially like with my two cultures, how about for you? You've waited um, in many ways. I, yeah. Well, I it makes me think about when Ryan and I met. Yeah. So Ryan and I met when we were studying abroad in Costa Rica 15, no, 18 years ago, 19 years ago. And we honestly just fell in love. It was, I could tell he was a very important person to me the moment I met him and Ryan went home to Minneapolis and I went home to Washington and we didn't see each other for four years that's crazy and we spent those four years being friends and not even having any kind of a long distance relationship he dated other people I dated other people I moved here to Portland with my ex and I always want I always had Ryan on my mind you know so it's like I had to wait four years to see where that went Mm -hmm. but I also know how much I grew Mm -hmm. in those four years how I became a much 
better person and a more a person better able to commit myself to a relationship. Mm-hmm. So we will continue to talk more about having grace while you wait, mm-hmm. which is the hardest thing for both of us. Okay, so Allie, as someone, um, you know me, I fall hard. And had I met Ryan and I was you, I would have just, and I felt that way about him. I wouldn't have been able to like just move back home and, you know, I'm just this like, let's try long distance. Let's stay connected. Let's try to date. So what happened? How did you, you know, how did you guys decide to just go your separate ways and be friends? It it wasn't really even a decision. We just made no decision. And so I just kind of went back to my life. But in hindsight, when I think about it now, I don't think that I thought I was good enough for him. I think that I was like, that was just a vacation dream. Like in the real world, that kind of person would never be interested in me. So I had a lot of like low self-esteem. But, you know, it's like that's probably good because that ending for me of, of Ryan and I being together was like honestly the beginning of me building my self-esteem and building the trust in myself. Yeah. I think for me, it's, I've always been so relationship focused that for a really long time, every time something ended or didn't work out with somebody, it was a complete failure to me. That was, you know, that was the woman maybe I was like a year ago. Um, Now I can see a lot clearer like oh no this isn't me failing or there's nothing wrong with me it's just honestly that person's just not the right one for me um but I will admit like and you you know I'll come into work sometimes and Allie will just be like tell me what happened I don't even have to say yeah I got that I got that vibe she gets the vibe and it it is difficult like if you're a woman that's dating oh my gosh like it is so difficult to keep running into the same thing but at the end of the day, like, it really only has to work with one person. Yeah. And if it worked with all, like, everyone you dated, like, that it's would going be to hard. End. <laughs> and on the other side of that, like, it's going to end with everyone until one right. doesn't And it's going to suck. And you're going to keep feeling frustrated. And you're going to want to give up. And you're, like, I've honestly, like, had moments where I'm like, I just don't think love is for me. Which I think anyone in my life would be like, that is crazy, Hawk. Yeah. You know, that's crazy. Um. But it's frustrating. And I think right now, especially like society and where we're at, I was talking to my friend Claire about this. And it's like, I have gone on dates with men that are 27 to 40. And everywhere in between there. And I'm like a woman who's like, okay, look, I have this stuff secured and locked down. You know, I know what I kind of want to do or, you know, we have our jobs. We, we obviously want to maybe step out of teaching at some point. But for now, I'm pretty settled, right? And I'm ready to, like, meet my person and fall in love and get married and have a baby. So that's, like, my journey. And I swear, men from 27 to 40 and above, I haven't dated anyone older than 40, but I'm sure they are, like, about the grind. They are about my business, my legacy, generational wealth, 
just amassing as much yes, as yes. possible. As, I want to be as rich and powerful as possible. And we're over here, women over here from 27 to 40, like, this is our prime baby making time. Yeah. Like, this is the time that I need to find the father to my children, you know, because I can only pick one. I can't just go and mate with a bunch of men and yeah. have a bunch <laughs> of babies. Like, I get one choice here. And all the men that are in that age range are freaking, like, I just want legacy. And it's like, oh, my God. So I, it's it's difficult, I think, with timing in that in that regard because it used to not be like that. Like, success used to be having a family taking care. And I'm not saying there weren't issues back in the day. But, like, yeah, success looked like having a home, having a family, taking care of your family, going to work, like, being the family man with the picket fence, like, all that. That was success. Now it's like, no, men – Al Pacino's got his girlfriend pregnant. He's 82 years old. Like, these men are not thinking about having babies. I find it very, I, I like, have resentment against that also because it's it's saying that success cannot be, like, having the joy of a family, you know? It's like that isn't the kind of, like, you can have both. I don't, yeah, I don't get why it's, like, exclusive. Sorry, I can't I can't do one thing right now because I'm doing this other thing. It's yeah. like, okay, yeah. well, you can do lots of things at the same time. Right, right. And it's like, you, yeah, it's just, it just is, like, it, it's hard to even think about because let's say once these men are ready to have babies, when they're, like, 42, 45, whenever, it's like, yeah, they'll just date a 30-year-old who's ready to have a baby. Yeah. You know, but, like, if you're a woman and you're, like, 45 – you're not going to date a 27-year-old because you're ready to have – because you want a baby. Like, yeah. that's just – doesn't work that way. So, yeah, the timing right now in the dating and the society and, like, just men having all this choice, it is not aligning with women who want, like, who want to have a family and get married and have babies. Sometimes it just feels like it's uniquely all on the woman to figure out the timing and make sure that, like, things happen – in the right timing and bracket of time. I I can totally confirm that as somebody who is I have I have an only child right now. Mm-hmm. And so people are constantly like, "Oh, like you're nearly 40. Like you must either want an only child or you must be like are you going to have another kid? Like you must be done." Yeah, people just assume like, "Oh, you're old now, so you must be done." And it's so hard because Four or five years ago, when I just started trying for a second child, everyone was always asking me, oh, when are you going to have another child? And it's like, when my parts (laughs) decide to cooperate, thank you. And now that I'm getting older, it's more like, oh, you really just want an only child. And it's so hard, these assumptions that people make. and Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a really good reason to not make assumptions with people because you don't know why people are waiting. Right. It might not be it might not be the answer that you want when you want to find out why people are waiting. I'm trying to become more clever. Whenever I go to a Romanian wedding, I always like play the game of like how many people here are going to ask me why I'm single, when I'm getting married, and I'm just like when I get married, you will have an invitation. Yeah. You'll get one. <laughs> You'll get one. <laughs> You'll be first to get one. You know, it's like 
trust me. You'll it didn't know. get lost in the mail. <laughs> yeah, you will know. Um, so we talked a lot about like what is in our control yeah. and what's not in our control. I think yeah. that's like a huge point um, when you're talking about like waiting and what you do with that time. Yeah. So what do you think about like what what's within your control right now? What's within my control is what I've been doing. And it took me a long time to get to the point where I was ready to accept like fertility support. It, I just had this assumption, like I, it took me a little while to get pregnant with my first child, but it happened. Mm-hmm. And now it, it took many years for me to get pregnant and that, then I, I had a miscarriage and now I'm continuing to try and really what's within my control is, is, <laughs> you know, the stuff you do to make a baby <laughs> and we're doing those things. Yeah. Um, but I'm really... I'm really working hard to understand that this is my desire Mm -hmm. and I think I grapple a lot with like, I want this so bad. How could the universe not eventually bring this desire to me? And it makes me wonder sometimes like, okay, how can I be so full of desire for something that that wouldn't work out. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I have, I am like we talked about on our last episode, like I am working really hard with trusting the yeah. timing and trusting that the universe knows what's best for me. But man, the longer I wait, the harder it is mm-hmm. because it's like, okay, what if I just keep trusting and trusting and it, it's, it's not working out. Right. Yeah. And you know, that, that is something that, that is a factor, I think. I mean, for, for both of our situations. But I really believe that finding that grace in the weight instead of that wasting away in the weight. Because I, it's hard for me. I've spent, you know, the last five years trying to get pregnant. And sometimes I sit in that. I'm like, wow, I spent five years of my daughter's life wanting mm-hmm. to have another child. Right. And of course, I'm not no, I mean, you're, wallowing you're, around, right. but it does, it does make me think like, I need to honor my, my daughter's childhood right now mm-hmm. and maybe simply think about what I can control and really let the universe yeah. do the rest and the timing do the rest yeah. because sometimes it's just, it's all good and it's just not the right time. And I think you have a good analogy for that. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Well, it's not my analogy. I've heard it a bunch of times before. Um, it's funny because my friend Andrea, this is like totally a side side story, but she lives in an apartment and there's a woman who keeps ordering packages. And for some reason, the Amazon people are, they bring it to Andrea's house like all the time. Her packages end up on Andrea's like, door front step whatever and she's always talking to me she's like oh my god I have to walk this package to my neighbor again you know and she's just so annoyed and there's this analogy of like you could be the perfect package like we don't know what's in that box like it could be a diamond bracelet for all we know you know but it's just not at the right door and whoever gets it isn't gonna be excited about it they're not gonna you know treat it as a worthy package they're gonna 
not treat it very well. You know, they might forget about it and not bring it to you for a while because they don't care about it. They don't know the value of that. Yeah, they didn't order it. So um, when I think about dating and people talk about this analogy a lot, like you really can be a great person and a great partner and everyone around you can think, you know, that you're so amazing and men can think you're so amazing. You might just not be the right one for them, which it's like, yeah, I, I can get that in my head. I'm like, that makes so much sense. But, Analogies make a lot more sense than real life. But when you're in your emotions, you're like, you know, all that. Um, but I think like the, what you were talking about, like the last five years or like, I think about that too. And I'm like, okay, I'm 20, I'm 28 now. Uh, my long-term boyfriend and I, I think, last tried to be together when I was, like, 21 or 22. So it's been, like, six years. And I'm like, okay, what have I done in that six, in those six years other than be sad that I'm single? You know? And it's like, that's sad. Like, I don't, I don't want to just be, like, that single sad girl, you know? like, And that even when you speak that, that is in your feels because – you have such a robust and beautiful life. Exactly, too. exactly. And it's like... So it can be both, too. Yeah, I just... It's so... I think, like, my main takeaway from this entire episode is, like, what you do with the time that you're, like, that, that the universe is making you wait. Yeah. Because, like, the waiting period, like, that is a time, like you said, to, like, pour into your family, your friends, for me, like, personal growth, like, becoming, you had that time where you weren't with Ryan, becoming more confident and knowing exactly what you bring to somebody or to the table so that when people say, no, not for me, you're like, oh, okay. Like, I mean, what if something happens in that wait that is, like, the key to getting you ready for that next step or the key to keeping you in that next step once you get there? You know, like, when you're developing the skills that will help you in that future moment. Right. It's just hard. It's very hard. Waiting for what you want is really hard. And obviously me and Allie's situations are very different and they, you know, elicit very different emotions. But we can connect on the fact that we both really, really, really want something. And no matter what we do sometimes, it feels like we can't make it happen. And I think for us, like, we're go-getters, we're very organized, we plan, we get things done, we're successful, I would say, in our career field, we have degrees, like, all this stuff, but it's like, this is our thing that we just can't, like, work really hard, or study really long, or, you know, like. I also wonder what the universe is, like, pushing through us as people who are just waiting for for something that we've wanted for so long. Like, I, you know, you think about, like, um, you get a rock and you put it in a rock tumbler, and the longer you put it in there, the shinier it gets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like yeah. the universe is making us really shiny right yeah, now. Definitely. Um, so even though, you know, hearing all this stuff, like, me and Allie, from the beginning of this podcast, we didn't want to, like, do the fluff. You know, like, we joke a lot about, like, take a hot bath, you know, as self-care, which again, we love, we love baths. baths. Don't get us wrong. But there's always like two sides to it. Like it's hard to wait and fear is involved in waiting and not having what you want. And 
that thought, like, what if it doesn't work out? Even though it feels like it has to work out. I have to find love. Like, it would be crazy for me to live a life without a partner. Um, Which is even more important that we focus on having that grace while you wait. Because, yes, we both might have to wait for a long time. And what if we both wait 10 years and it doesn't happen? I want those 10 years to be beautiful. Like, I want those 10 years to not be in vain. And just knowing that every period of your life is is meaningful. And because life is short. Like, I know that's, like, a cheesy thing, but it really is. Yeah. Like, we don't have unlimited time here. So really focusing. And it's, like, it might be by just, like, reminding yourself daily that, like, yes, you don't have what you want yet. But there are a lot of things that are in your control and choosing to live a full, beautiful, happy life is definitely in our control. Yeah, for sure. Because we already have that. So we just have to kind of like the gratitude. maintain it, yep, you it's, know? It's recognition through gratitude about all the things that we have. Absolutely. Okay, Allie. So let's wrap it up with our dare. Our dare is kind of a journal prompt also. Yeah, so it's a combo. It's you a get combo. a combo. Yes. So you're going to have to get yourself some nice stationery, okay? Get yourself... Or go go to Paper Source or somewhere and get a nice card, okay? Mm-hmm. And what we would love for you to do is to write a letter to yourself, to your future self. I think Karina and I were both in kind of a hard place last night and we were chatting and we're like, okay, in three months, things will be different. Mm-hmm. They always are. Things are different now than they were three months ago and we thought, okay, in three months and six months and nine months, things will be better and better and better. And we're just looking forward to meeting those women that we will be then. But we want you to write a letter to the future you and describe just this time of your life. Just describe where you're at. And I don't even necessarily think you need to describe where you want to be. Just honor where you are at right now. Maybe add some gratitude for where you're at. And then here's the dare piece. We dare you to give this to somebody to hold on to you until you're ready to receive it. Yeah, so you can give it to your mom, maybe a best friend. I'll give mine to Allie. Allie will give hers to me. Um, And then just, you know, you can address it to yourself. Tell the person that you give it to to mail it to you or give it to you in three months or six months or nine months. Because sometimes we do these kinds of things and then they just get lost. You know, you could write yourself this letter and then lose it somewhere. So someone that you trust, have them, I would recommend have them put like an alarm on their phone so that they know like a calendar alarm to like send it to you or give it to you. And then, yeah, read read a little note for yourself. I think we should just do me and you for summer, like the next three three months. Um, And yeah, embrace where you are. Love the time, love this season, and, you know, aim to just choose happy as much as you possibly can. And, and living in the moment. Yeah. Just enjoying the presence of who you are in this moment. And we always want to leave you with this. Remember that self-love is a continuous journey. And don't be too hard on yourself if you slip up. Be kind to yourself and remember that every day is a new opportunity to practice self-love.